You're listening to Just Ask Malia with Malia Horde of the Malia Realty Group in Lexington, Kentucky. Hey, everybody, we are back at Let's Connect Podcast Studio over here in Lexington, Kentucky, sitting around the bourbon table with my dear friend, Adam Roach. And if you don't know Adam, he is not a native Lexingtonian and doesn't even live in Kentucky. He's down in Charleston, but he is married to the infamous Dana Gentry, who is a Lexingtonian. And we, Adam and I, go back a long way. He is a dear friend, a coach, a mentor. We are in business together as well, which is pretty exciting. And he has such a cool story. If you look at him on social media, you think he is got it easy and living the life of luxury and success. And he is, but it didn't get there overnight. And we're going to dive into Adam's story. And hopefully we're going to inspire people out there that are looking to do the same thing and need a little bit of hope. So Adam, thanks so much for being here. I'm so excited. I'm excited to be here too. This bourbon table is really, really this is cool. I mean, on brand, right? Within Kentucky. Totally on brand. Wait till you see. We're almost done with the entire studio. Uh, we have Matt doing some magic, and next week it should be finalized. So we're excited for that unveiling. The only thing that could make this any better would be to have a little bourbon right next to me, but but I don't need any because I have a dry January. Wait a minute. It's February. It's February, and we, have a, we bought a bourbon barrel, <laughs> so we can actually bring out a bottle for you. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's dive into who is Adam. Tell us a little bit about what your world is right now. And then I want to go back and talk about how it all started because everybody sees success through different lenses. And right now you have like those shiny gold brims around your your lenses. And it's amazing. It's just so much fun to watch you and just to be a part of your world. So tell us about that and then we'll dig in. Well, let's see here. Originally a Hoosier. I'm a native Hoosier from Indiana. Okay, so you're close. Close, yes. Give you a little bit of grace there. Though I did cut my teeth in all things life and business in Los Angeles. And that's where I was for nearly 15 years right after college. And then moved to Charleston about 11 years ago to do what we do now, which is continue to build businesses, build people's lives, invest in real estate, family, you name it, we do it. So I'll tell you, it hasn't been easy. This whole journey has been, and again, without sounding cliche, just a, a, a continual failing forward. Amen. Learning what we need to learn, failing where we need to fail, and then keep on going. And what do we say often is that it's never failure if you learn from it. True. Right? Yeah, absolutely. John Maxwell is a dear mentor and friend of ours, and he actually was just teaching us last week. We were speaking in Philadelphia together, which is really neat. Dana and I were. I am so jealous of that. Oh, it was such an <laughs> incredible experience to share the stage with him. And he was talking to us beforehand, kind of in the green room, and he was talking about how do you get an ROI, which is a buzzword for us in the business space, right? And that's like return on investment yeah. for those of you that don't know. On the word failure. Oh. Like, oh, that's good. Tell me more, John. Tell me more. And so we kept talking about what that meant to have an ROI, return on investment of failure. And the very first thing we were talking about was if you're not failing enough, and again, we've heard this so many different ways, but if you're not failing enough, then you're not learning anything. That's right. And if you're not learning anything, how do you go redo something? How do you keep moving forward? And you cannot keep moving forward if you're not failing. I totally agree with that. And for a long time growing up, 
failure was a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And now as a business owner, a leader of a team, and trying to build a legacy, not only for the team members, but for my family, failure is like the best word. It's the best word. Mm -hmm. You know, we have, we have the Outlook Coaching Company right now, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Though we're, we are five years old and the iterations, if you will, that we have had of this company are probably at least 10 times we have reinvented the company in five years. Okay. Simply because we were learning what worked and what didn't work. Now, you know, I want to dive into that. So uh, reinventing the company over and over again. Most people will say, well, are you an idiot? You couldn't get it right the first time. And, and I mean that with love. But tell me about that. How, why and what are some of the best lessons that came out of that? Well, let, let's work our way backwards from yes. this. So having been in the real estate business, well, before that I was a tennis pro. I played tennis and I taught tennis in Beverly Hills myself and two other guys. We had the concession rights from the city of Beverly Hills to all their public tennis courts. So we had 38 tennis courts that we had to run for the city, but it was our private entity, so to speak. Wow. And so I, that's where I cut my teeth learning how to recruit. And so I would go to other tennis clubs and I would recruit tennis pros over to our club. And then a couple of those tennis pros happened to be real estate investors. So I started investing or at least learning how to invest with them. And it was there, Malia, that I actually learned how to fail first, right? This was early 2000s and anybody who could fog a mirror could get a, a, a loan at that time. We call them liar loans back in the day. You, I love it. You stated your income and you got 100% of the, uh, you got 100% of whatever the property you were buying money you needed, right? And so we, we lost though. When the, when, the, when the crash happened in 2008, we were stuck holding about $2 million worth of inventory for flipping. Ugh, 2008 was a painful year for my family as well. We had property in Vegas. It was painful. Mm -hmm. In Vegas? We got hammered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Luckily, we were able to get out because we had house money. And what I mean by house money is this is money we had made in the market. So technically, it was ours. We earned it through property selling. Though the way I looked at it was, it was kind of like Vegas. It was it was the house's money that we were playing with over and over and over. So it wasn't too big of losses. It's before short sales and foreclosures were in vogue. And so we actually paid the bank what we owed them in our losses. But it was a great learning lesson. And then fast forward now to I Love Coaching. I still, that was, how many years ago was that? Uh, what is that? Um, oh. Charleston 11. So. Right. But I mean, just, just with our flipping, that was, that was over almost two decades ago, right? <laughs> And so we now fast forward and we, we really take a look at what our end product and our end users are really capitalizing on. And if our coaches aren't having success, it's not their fault. It's our fault. Are we not setting them up for the right success with the right products, with the right actionable items? Now, I can't do it for them, but I can definitely set them up for success. If they're not having the success that I am promising, which is how to make six figures in 90 days by working five hours a week, then I have to go back and talk and look at my communication. Well, we talk about that a lot, right? Because you and I have been working a lot on social media and the right approach to that and how to really talk to the audience and how to talk to your coaches so that the coaches can talk to their audience. And you brought up a really great point with me a couple of weeks ago was, are you telling the message that you want to hear or are you giving the message that they need to hear? Right? Are you making it about you or are you making it about the value of you that they need from you? Yeah, and, and you'll know, mm -hmm. right? As leaders or as uh, influencers on, on any social media platform, if your engagement is down, if your production is down, go ahead and look at the leader 
as the team of the team and simply say, okay, how can I make this better for them and make it easier for them? Because we know real estate, it isn't hard. It's not easy. Though it is the same superheated over and over and over, right? That's right. It's a client, it's a product, it's a sell. And, and same thing in the coaching space. It is a, it's a, it's a product, it's a client, it's a sell. Well, and I always say to everybody, especially the recruits that we're talking with is everyone can do real estate. Not everybody should. That's right. And I would think it would be the same with coaching as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it totally is. Though at the end of the day, you do have to really pay attention to it. it I'm a, I, I love the track. Tracking is something that I do pretty religiously every single day with a few different entities. Though we'll look at conversations, we'll look at conversion rates, we'll look at all those different types of things. And I was on a call just today. Every Friday, we have two different types of calls. We have what's called our community implementation call, and then we have our champions call. Now, the champions call are coaches that are doing over $30,000 of annual, I'm sorry, of monthly billable income. So these coaches are at $30,000 a month or more. And then the implementation call are new coaches that are having to implement our product which is what we call the blueprint. And inside of that, if they're not having the success that I have shown them how to have in 90 days to make a six-figure business by working five hours a week, we got to sit down and look and see what they're doing and what they're not doing. What I love about what you just said is, and it goes right to the heart of our business, is you have systems, tools, and models. And that has been such the big, it's been the biggest blessing for me over the last two years being in place is really diving into the systems, tools, and models that they had that were similar to what I was using, although they weren't perfected. And now I have perfected ones and it's a game changer. Totally game changer. And if you're not really paying attention to your systems in your business, I want you to all write this down. Systems is an acronym. Save yourself time, energy, and money. That's what a system is. Save yourself time, energy, and money. And you have to pay attention to the systems in your business or in your world or in your life. And here it is. I'm we live in Charlton, though we do come up here to our Kentucky house, or at least Dana comes up here once a month. And when I'm a good husband, I come up here. Oh, and sweet. though when I get out of my routine, I get out of my systems. When I get out of my systems, I get into a funk. And I do not like that at all. And a perfect example of that is I'm very morning routine oriented, right? I have my I have my morning walks, which I go for, which are my, my, my meditation time. I go to the gym. I'll do my exercises there. When I walk home, I pray out loud. When I get home, then I do my devotionals, my journaling, my tracking, and my accountability. Every day, I have accountability that I send to eight people in two groups of what are the top three things that I'm going to get, get done for the day. And if I don't, I owe that group or those people $1,000. Oh, I want to be in that group. Right, yeah. <laughs> So technically, I have every single day a lot of money on the line that if I don't get, we call it GSD, if we don't get our stuff done, then we owe some money. Well, and I think that's really important. And it's interesting because I listen to agents and other business owners of, I want a flexible schedule. I don't want to come in the office. I don't want to make calls. I don't want to door knock. I don't want to have to practice my conversations so I actually talk like a professional I just want to be my business owner. And if you're not accountable to anything, you're not going to have anything. You're not a business owner. No, you're not a business owner. You're just going through the motions and you are a salesperson. That's right. A B-I-Z, no. A J-O-B, yes. That's correct, yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, those J-O-Bs are really small businesses. That's right. Because small businesses, you have to put the key in the door to open up the business and you have to close the door at the end of the day. A big business is that door opens and closes without you. 
Mm. I love that analogy. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so you are tennis, yep. Beverly Hills. I don't I don't feel bad for you. Like you least had a great life. Good would fun. want to be in their twenties and early thirties in SoCal. It was amazing. How fun. And then what brought you to Charleston? So it was a change of change of lifestyle. Uh, two kids when they were in their less than 10 years old and it was just a change of lifestyle so we moved to the east coast now here, here's a funny story uh why my now ex-wife and i we were having a conversation and she's like i don't want to raise the kids in los angeles i was like well where do you want to go and she said somewhere in the south okay so i had a coach and i highly recommend everyone having a coach or multiple coaches and that is a shameless plug but also a true statement and he said well i want you to walk or go to the gas station and get yourself an accordion-style map. Remember the ones you... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. AAA, here we go. And he says, go put that on your dining room table. And he says, I, Adam, I know you well enough that you'll build an empire, but if you build an empire and you're in a place where you don't want to live 20 years from now, you're going to be in trouble. But if you go live where you want to live first and then build your empire, you'll be just fine. Great advice. So he says, get a black pen and a red pen and cross off everywhere that you wouldn't want to live in the South with a red pen. And circle everywhere you would with a black and go visit those places. Well, you know me well enough that that sounds like it takes way too much time. No, because and they didn't have a lot of places. So we, we, don't, we, don't wanna, we don't wanna have to waste a lot of time. So what did I do? I literally took a, a ruler and I said, okay, there's Los Angeles on the West Coast. Here is, let's see where it goes going left to right on the East Coast. Charleston. Oh, that's how I that's Charleston. great. I didn't know anything about anything of Charleston other than. It literally matched up with Los Angeles. I don't know if that's longitude or latitude, but it matched up that way. That's how we chose it. I just moved. Okay. And then when you moved, what did you do? Did you take tennis with you or is that when you got into real estate? No. no I had been in real estate before. With, I was with Keller Williams in Beverly Hills. And ironically, I taught my team leader tennis when we were in Beverly Hills. <laughs> and I said, hey, I know what you can. I know I can do what you do. If you can find me a gig anywhere, just let me know. And, and luckily, he was able to knock on a few doors for me. And then when I got to Charleston, they didn't have any team leader roles available. And so I had to keep knocking on doors. And I finally found one in Charleston that I was able to sit the operating principal down and said, hey, listen, you need to hire me. And he said, well, I just hired somebody. I said, well, great. Give me 90 days. And if I don't outperform that person, I'll walk away. And he says, so will you do this for free? I said, absolutely. So I stepped in the role, uh, kind of on the side, and just said, I'll help and support. And I blew that team leader away and he fired that team leader and hired me. And the next thing you know, within two years, I had ownership of that market center. Within three years, I owned 20% of it. And that's how we do it, folks. That's right. Right? Find something you love. And you always have to sell yourself. I always tell people, if you're not promoting yourself and telling people what your value is, then no one else will. Mm -hmm. Right? So you have to learn to be comfortable and and really do a deep dive into who are you and what you're worth. Well, the, the vision, though, you have to have, you have to be crystal clear on your vision. You have to know where you are going. Now, here's what I love to say. When you have a definition of your vision, it doesn't matter what vehicle you drive, right? We choose to drive the, the vehicle of real estate. I'm choosing to drive right now the vehicle of, of coach building business. And it doesn't matter which one you have. It doesn't matter what you're driving. You just have to have clear vision on where you're looking to drive that vehicle to. And at that moment in time, my vision was to own businesses that would provide passive and or uh, we call it horizontal income that we would make money while we were sleeping. And that was my entry point. 
That's amazing because we're about to launch our uh, well series mm. at uh, at the end of this month, introductory call, and then started in March with uh, you know our friends and family and clients. We did 102, and that's exactly what we talk about: is that you got to cast your vision, and then you have to go after it, right. right? And and you want to build that passive income and turn that triangle upside down, that's so right. your assets are making money while you're sleeping. That's right. Yeah. We call it our approach to a hundred percenter. Right? How do we get to a hundred percent of our passive income covering a hundred percent of our expenses? So, for example, if your expenses are ten thousand dollars a month, can you make ten thousand dollars in passive income of any way, shape, or form legally, hopefully, and that covers your expenses? So you're you're now a hundred percenter, right? So if you choose not to go make vertical income money you make while you're standing up, it's okay that day. That's right. And so that that should be the goal. And that should be the goal. And I don't think we do a really good job of teaching the younger generation how to do that. No. And I think we have to be real good stewards and mentors to do that. And I'm a big proponent of it. And I know you are as well with some of the things that we're going to talk about. Okay. So tennis, got into real estate, your KW um, partner out there mm -hmm. got you the gig to prove yourself, right? Mm -hmm. I think about athletes when they're walking on and they have to prove themselves. You know, there's so many different positions in life. It doesn't matter if it's real estate or or a different industry, you always have to prove yourself to get always. to the next level. You got the team leader, then you become an owner mm -hmm. of your first one. It keeps getting better. No, and it's not all glamorous, right? How many hours were you working then? Oh gosh, well they can't see us. We're not on YouTube, and this isn't—I have no hair. So, so that <laughs> if that tells you anything, yeah, no, that's probably <laughs> genetics. Um, then no, we would burn the midnight oil. Yeah, over and over and over. And in the same time, I'm building now what's called a SaaS model, and this was a software business a software business that had reoccurring income that would happen every single day. It was, it was a subscription model. Well, and I think people forget about that. And I'm watching new agents come in and, and they don't want to work except from nine to five. And they want to come in later in the day and they still want to leave at five and they want the work-life balance. How do you feel about that work-life balance? Yeah. Well, again, we, we, we know we've been taught that there's no such thing as balance, yeah. right? You're counterbalancing all the time. So an example of that, as I was building the SaaS model was I'd go to, well, I'd wake up at 445 every morning. I'd do my workouts and I'd probably hit the office by about eight o'clock at the latest. And I'd probably stay there till 530, six o'clock, come home, be with the kids, do dinner, put them to bed 830 because all my software engineers were on the West Coast. So at, at eight o'clock our time, East Coast time was five o'clock their time and we're still going. So I'd stay up sometimes until 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, one o'clock working on that software project. Starting over at 4.45. Yeah, but you always have to, Ben Kenny always talks about it. I'm going to have to send you that 15 point plan. But he always talks about you have to wake up at the same time every day. You have to start that day. And like you, I've gotten on that schedule mm -hmm. of getting up at 4.15, being at the gym by five, coming home, doing my devotion, listening to growth mm -hmm. day, you know, in the shower and journaling a little bit, eating breakfast. So, and it works. And when I don't do it, like today, I took a rest day that was well needed. I was off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I will say though, going back to the word balance is you, again, you will keep going. Driven people, people that are really motivated will keep going. John Maxwell always says, there's no such thing as a finish line. Right, finish line, you're dead, right? So you'll keep going, though you have to know, this is going to sound a little off from an entrepreneur, though you have to know when enough is enough. That's right. Right? And enough and enough means something different to everybody, 
right? Though our enough is enough is being a hundred percenter. We know when our passive income is a hundred percent coming in of our expenses, we know we can choose to do what we want to do with our time. So as I'm building these software companies, this software company at the time, as I'm building now these, these real estate franchises, because I then went out and bought two more and it was great. Life was great. And we, we just kept rolling and kept rolling and kept rolling and kept rolling, which was good. And then, then we got to exit and that was even better, right? Taking a step back and saying, okay, fine. We built this company from a hundred thousand dollars in profit to nearly a million dollars in profit. Amazing. And the software company was doing in excess of, of, well, six figures a month. And then being able to, to capitalize on those opportunities, you continue to grow. But again, you got to know what enough is enough. Well, and you set boundaries. You, you, I wanted to almost like, like plug that in before, because when you say enough is enough, that is about, I yeah. think, I think big drivers have learned the power of no, mm-hmm. right? And no, you know, when we're in real estate and we're talking with clients or prospects, no just means not now, That's right. but with leaders, no is saying yes to something else. Well, it's saying yes to your, your vision. There's a great book out there by Ben Hardy right now called Be Your Future Self or something like that. And what he talks about, and I'll paraphrase the entire thing, you have to understand the future Adam so that present Adam can protect future Adam by saying yes to the right things or no to the right things. And otherwise, that is allowing your future self to pull your present self forward because we all have a tendency to allow our past self dictate our present action. That's right. And we have to be aware of that. And if we're not aware of that, we have better pause, better pause and get that vision of the future self so you can go back and and protect yourself right now. And here's a silly example of this. Every year we go down to Florida, uh, Southwest Florida, or after after Christmas to visit my mother in Naples, unless my kids have a big tennis tournament, which they did two years ago and we didn't go down. Anyway, it's this year. It's cold in Southwest Florida. It was awful. It was so cold. And I'm sitting there actually reading the book I just said. Dane and I both read the book in two days. We just flew right through it. And my kids are in the pool. My kids are 15 and 13. And so they do a good job of, of playing with each other and beating each other up. And a typical teenagers, right? And so like, dad, get in the water. Dad, get in the water. Dad, get in the water. I'm like, screw you guys. It's cold. I'm reading a good book. This is ridiculous. There's a hot tub. No, I'm not going to get in the water. And I read this paragraph, is what you're doing right now going to make future self happy or mad or sad even? And I thought, gosh, future self. All right, let's put myself 10 years out. 10 years out, I'll be damn near 60. 10 years out, they'll be 25 and 23. 10 years out, my mother will be, what, 85. My stepfather probably won't be here because he'll be 96 at that time. Will we be in this pool in the same opportunity? Answer's probably no. Will my kids be asking me to jump in the water with them? The answer's probably no. So as I sat there and thought about future self or present self, clothes came off, jumped in the pool, and we had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brian Gubernat talks about that, the moments that are left. And will you get to a point where with your kids and your family, when you look at it like Brendan and Will, right, 21 and 23, you know, how many weekends do I have left with them? It's it's past weekends. I'm now down to days where they'll actually be with their own family and they'll have their own kids and they'll have their own responsibility. And when will you have that time? Is what you're doing right now that important that when you look back on it, you're going to regret it? And regret's a terrible oh, thing. Horrible word. Horrible. Horrible. Horrible word. Though at the same time, you have to be so 
present and you have to be at the highest level of consciousness to be able to think that way. So many times we get distracted or so many times we're stuck into our phone on a scroll or so many times that we are not present. And I'm a hundred percent guilty of that. And at the same time, being at the highest level of consciousness is something that takes practice. That's right. So let's go back to Adam, the real estate owner, market center owner. You're still with KW. You own average three. You own three market centers. You have a software company. You had Recruiting Bridge, mm-hmm. um, which I know when I started in real estate, that's what we were using. Right. So it's so, so ironic and so I feel so lucky just to be sitting across the table from the owner of that. You talked about exit strategy. What made you decide to get out of the real estate ownership of market centers and take the next plunge? So it's 2018. Let's let's back up. It's 2000. What year was that? Maybe 11, 2011, uh, 2011. Yeah, some, somewhere around then. My father, who had always been my coach, he was an Olympic swim coach and was always there for me any way, shape, or form like any good father should be. Uh, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And, and, and the neat part about it was, again, still being an athlete as he was in his, his age, but he was in his early 60s at the time he was diagnosed. He was training for a triathlon. And as a very time-oriented individual himself, he was realizing that his times were going the wrong way. They were going backwards instead of progressing. They were regressing. I said, Dad, it's okay. You're just getting old. He's like, no, something is wrong. And so he went to the doctor and sure enough, he's at the doctor and the doctor's like, yeah, you're dragging your left foot. And he's like, well, why would I be dragging my left foot? He says, because you have Parkinson's. Uh-huh. And so it didn't crush him. He just knew that people could live with Parkinson's. But then he started developing over a 10-year period, just different problems, different issues from Parkinson's, from spine issues to nerve issues. And, and it put him in his bed, put him in a bed, right? He, he, was, he was unable to move. So 2018... End of 2018, um, I get to spend the next four months basically by his side. And Malia, it was, it was looking back on it. And even in that moment, a very integral part of a paradigm shifting in my world of he passed when he was 69 years old. So that four month period I got to spend with him, I literally took my phone and I would sit it on the bookshelf and I'd push record. I just sit there and ask him questions. He, ah. he couldn't go anywhere. You know, he was in bed. And so I got to sit there and talk to him. And at the end of that, inside of I Love Coaching Now, we call it the beach chair moment. Because the beach chair moment goes like this. After my father passed, I came back to Charleston. And I still have the software companies go, a company going. So I have the real estate companies, franchises going. I'm sitting on the beach by myself with a speaker on one side, water on the other side, sunscreen in a bag for my bald head, a journal on my lap. And I'm, I'm just, I'm grieving, right? I would journal, I would drink water, I would cry. I would journal, I'd drink water, I'd cry. And I did this for four days straight. And as I was journaling, I got to really unpack the impact that I saw he had on so many people at his funeral. So many athletes showed up and they got to tell me all these different stories. And so as I was journaling and praying, the, the number hundred million came into my head. I didn't know what it meant, though I wrote it down. And then I really had to take a step back and realize that those four months were probably some of the most precious time, not because my father was dying, but because I was in control of the scenario and the environment that I was in. And I took a step back and I said, gosh, who you surround yourself with really does. It does. It does. And I hadn't realized that I had truly stepped into a space of, of just accepting those who were in my life versus choosing. 
and and I had inherited inherited these other franchise owners when I bought these companies. I didn't want to be in business with any of them anymore. And I realized that and I could articulate that. And I was excited about it. I wasn't afraid of it. And so as I was journaling, I thought, what's, what are my action items? Right? I always write down action items. Or always, as you know, you and I both mm-hmm. know, every coaching call we end with, what are the action items? And the action items were, go into your next investor meetings and ask the question, do you want me to buy you out or am I going to buy, or you want to buy me out? Right? And that was it. I'm either going to buy you out today because I don't want to be in business with you anymore, or you're going to buy me out. And I'm not attached to the outcome of either answer. And quite frankly, I'll let you guys decide. And so all three of them came back and said, we'll buy you out. I was like, great. So it was an amazing amazing exit strategy. Now, this is a pat on my own back because all three of those tanked. They all, they all, they all went under. So it took me four years to go from a hundred thousand to a million. It took them four years to go from a million to zero. Isn't it amazing though? I mean, hindsight is so incredibly smart. Mm -hmm. Um, Such powerful, you know, I had the business partnership of building distillery heights and doing that whole development and the same thing happened of you buy me out or I'll buy you out. It became that point. And hindsight is, again, I was the one to to leave like you and it opened up the doors that I never would have had to do the things that I really wanted to do. And I don't regret that time. I learned so much from it, but the power of understanding where you want it to be and what was the right path to take is sometimes means we have to say goodbye. And someone said to me, just because you leave, it doesn't mean you can't miss them, right. but it doesn't mean you have to stay there. And I think if everyone can get that and look around their world right now and who are the people that they're around, are we staying with friends and, and people in our world and our work life because it's easy and it's comfortable, but is it really going to get us where we want to be in five years or 10 years or have the legacy or bring the happiness that we want, or do we need to make those uncomfortable decisions? And so many people don't make them. No, they really don't. And it, it's, it takes courage. It does. It takes courage. It takes commitment. It takes uh, conviction. Well, and you have to be convicted because so many people are going to be like, what are you doing? I mean, look at every decision you probably made. How many people said, what are you doing, Adam? Why are you doing that? Why don't you just... I mean, I get it in my own world. Why can't you just do real estate? Why do you have to be off doing this and starting that and getting your fingers into that? It's just the way I'm wired. It is. It, it totally is. Though in the, in the same breath, continue what you were saying right there. After I had exited and had great cash flows for a certain period of time, I had a hangover. I had a real hangover from, and it wasn't from the fact of, oh, I didn't own the businesses anymore. I had built amazing environments. Right. I had built environments and I had a vision statement for all three of the offices and, and we merged it together after I had it in one. It, that was that was to become the most attractive and vibrant real estate company in all of the Southeast committed to a model of excellence. And we lived that vision statement, attractive and vibrant model of excellence. And we all knew what that meant. And it was really cool. So after I exited, I didn't go back in because they weren't my companies anymore. And I did have a little bit of a hangover. I missed it. I missed the environment. So guess what I got to do? Reinvent. I got to start all over again, which is so cool. And we built the I Love Coaching Company. Okay. So tell us about I Love Coaching, when it got started, how it's grown, because it's amazing. When you started, I know there are so many challenges and I really want to dive into challenges of building a business because if people go to your website and look up I Love Coaching, 
and they look at your social media, they are going to see all of the results of your grit and your grime and, and the nasty stuff. And, and I want them to know what it took because so many people aspire to own their own business. So many people want to be a coach and influencer, but getting there, they got to pour in the hours. Sure. I'll include John Maxwell in a ton of my, my growth here. And, really? he, and yes, we do. And he said something that was so profound that it stuck with me forever. He said, if you want to do what I do, you have to do what I did. And there's not many people that would want to do what I did or what you did or the people that are having success, right? We look at whoever the influencers are that they follow or whoever the business leaders, mentors are that they follow and they want to do what they do. You better be prepared to do what I did. And so with that same breath, I mean, we literally, after my father passed, after I exited, then I just went to my software company. And I said, you know what? I really enjoy the space of the recruiting bridge space to help people recruit. I'll just coach our end users. I'll help them do what I did. I was KW's number one recruiter in 2016 and grossed over nearly 200 agents in one year into mm-hmm. one office. And so I just started coaching them for fun and as, as a value add for using our platform. And then I had a few coaches that were friends of mine with another coaching company say, hey, we're leaving that coaching company. Can we come coach with you? And I thought, what do you want to coach with me? And they said, well, we just want to be in the environment that we know you're creating. I think, sure, come on in. I'm just hanging out with my software. And so they did. And so I started generating some leads for them. And we were all sitting around a, a similar table like this one day. And I said, guys, we probably should formalize this, right? This is, this is, um, you're paying me, but it's going into recruiting bridge and we can't do that anymore. That's, that's, that's mixing business. We need to make another business. We need to make another business. So what should we call it? And I was like, because I love coaching. And the other guy said, well, I love coaching too. And the third guy said, well, so do I. So there it is done. We're going to call it I Love Coaching. And so that's how I Love Coaching was born is simply from us sitting around a table like this, articulating our passion. Well, and when you do what you love to do, you mm-hmm. never do a day of work. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. So now we have a vision statement inside of I Love Coaching because we're a forward coaching facing company, which means that we are, our client is the coach, not the client of the coach. And so the, the vision statement says to empower coaches to change and serve a hundred million people by using what we call our real blueprint. And real is not an arrogant term. It's an acronym that stands for relevant, experiential, authentic leader. Because you and I both, we've had many coaches in our lives that when it came time to helping us with a specific topic or a specific forward-facing action item, they weren't really relevant in that space, right? That's right. And or experiential or authentic. And we know what a leader is, right? A leader is an influencer. Mm-hmm. An influencer, though, is what? Someone that just gets someone to take action. That's right. So that's why we built the real blue. And I think it's so important to talk about coaching. You know, I'm a big advocate of coaching. I know you are. And when I got into real estate at Bold, right, a, a, plat, a training platform at Keller Williams, our coach at that time, Scott Toombs, you know, talked about, hey, you should get a coach. And everyone's like, I'm not paying for a coach. I'm not right. paying. And I'm a new agent. And I'm about eight months in. And I think I'm doing really well, but don't really know what any of the bars are. And so I went up to him and I said, should I get a coach? And he goes, well, tell me about you. And I said, well, I'm, you know, I got into real estate in January. It's now August. And he's like, how much have you done? And I think at that point I had sold 20 units. And he's like, you sold 20 units in seven months. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, you need coach. And I was standing next to a seasoned agent 
And later, the next day, I asked him, I said, so are you going to get a coach? And he's like, absolutely. I've been, I've been in real estate 10 years, and I'm absolutely going to get a coach. And I said, well, I'm thinking about doing that too. And he said, you don't need a coach. Mm-hmm. You should get group coaching. You need to skin your knees as a real estate agent. You don't know what, you know, don't get a group coach. Do group coaching. It's less expensive. And, you know, you can weed your way in as you get more and more in the industry. And I thought, he didn't ask me what I did before real estate. He didn't ask me how many companies I led or how many plants I had overseen in corporate America. He just looked at me that I was a new agent. And honestly, I think everybody needs a coach. And we've talked about having a business coach, a life coach, a financial coach, a health coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I have them almost all now. You and me both. Don't forget a relationship coach. Yeah. You're right, though. But it's changed my world. Yeah. Right? And I think the big coach that changed my world was Del Robinson with, you know, the transformational health coach. Um, and it's made everything in business. So for anyone out there that has ever thought about coaching, has thought about how do I get to the next level? How do I break through that ceiling? You don't have to figure everything out by yourself, right? A coach is the most accountable, safe, trusted place you can go. And, and if you have the right coach, they're going to help you get to the next level and empower you to be the very best. That's right. Yeah. Now, if you want to take it to the next level, though, become a coach, right? Become a coach. So being coached is one thing. And I highly recommend anyone listening to go get as many coaches as you can or whatever your budget allows. And in the same breath, even if your budget doesn't allow it, trust me, your budget will appreciate it from a revenue standpoint as you get go, go get more coaches. So when Dana and I got married in 2022, I had... I decided that um, I needed to, I needed to better myself as a partner, as I had been married once before, and going into to being married a second time, I thought can't show up the same way that I did before, and I know I won't. Though in the same breath, I don't know what's what's hidden inside of me that may trigger or cause or whatever it may be. So I went out and hired Dr. Kelly Flanagan. One of the best, if not, well, I've only had one relationship coach, but the best relationship coach <laughs> that I've ever had. Written, uh, I think, two or three books, and I'd read them all. And I met him at a, an event one time and connected with him and just texted him and said, would, would you mind coaching me for at least a year before I get married? And he said, absolutely. And so what an incredible experience that was. That's amazing. And I don't think, before you even told me that, I don't think I ever thought or knew to think about a relationship coach to keep your marriage healthy. We always, you know, I think Americans are always reactive instead of proactive, right? We go to the doctor when we're sick instead of going to the doctor to be healthy, right? right? Go to the gym to be healthy instead of going to the doctor when we're sick. That's right. Yeah. Or, or go, going to get a fitness coach when, when you're fat and overweight. That's right. Right. Get one to maintain. That's right. Right. Get one to maintain. So, yeah, number one, getting a coach is, is your first step. Becoming a coach is a whole different ballgame, right? Well, what do they say? If you want to be really good at something, teach it. Teach it. That's right. Absolutely. So we, uh, and this is a total side note, but anybody that we're coaching, you and I have even talked about this, we'll call this a pro tip, right? A pro tip when you're at an, an event or if you're listening to a podcast and you're taking notes or if you are wherever you are as it relates to gathering new information, we call it CAT, C-A-T. That's right. As you're, as you're writing your notes, as you're listening to something, C stands for change, A stands for apply, and T stands for, our favorite word, teach. 
And as you go back and you audit all of your notes, put a C next to something you want to change, put an A next to something you want to apply, and put a T next to something you want to teach. And and I've shared that. That's a golden nugget. Everybody. Thousands of times I've shared that. Now, here's the, here's the kicker of this last one, right? The teach. Well, Adam, I don't teach. Adam, I don't have a platform that I can teach. Adam, I don't have clients. Or Adam, I don't have a team. Or I don't have a business that I could teach something. That's not true, right? Number one, you have social media. Social media, the eyes that are watching you will listen to you. If they are watching you on your story, they are your friends. They are the people that are highly invested in you if they're watching you. That's right. So take that teachable moment and just teach something. Put it out there. Allow yourself to become an authority in that space. I think so many people don't realize that they have golden nuggets inside of them. Feel like you have to reach some level of success before you, you feel worthy enough to share what you know. And and that cat formula has worked so well for me because I always type out the notes at every conference that I go to. And then I go back with that highlighter. And what did I learn? Because people are really good at taking notes and journaling, but they never go back to read what they wrote down or what they journaled. And that's where the magic happens. They have the smartest shelves on the planet, right? Yeah. Because they got so, so many events. But let's go back to teach for a second. When, when you become an authority in a space, what is the root word of authority? Author. And so when you author something, even though in our world right now, this world is filled with information. Nothing is new anymore. Unless you have proprietary information or you have something that is is of code, so to speak, or something like that, right? That that's going to be intellectual property. But when you teach something and it is coming from you and you're either taking someone else's words and putting them into your own, you're authoring that content. So you're stepping into authority right then and there. And that works. I love it. I hope everybody is like got a piece of paper by them and like jotting this down. But throughout the week, we'll also put all these little nuggets out there on social media and you can, uh, you can, you know, put some additional comments in there. And of course, we'll make sure everybody knows how to find you as well. Um, Okay. So now we have the software company. Mm -hmm. Tell us how you got rid of that because you go into coaching. I mean, it leads, everything leads to a step, right? You what do we talk about? The elevator, right? There's no elevator to success. You, everybody has to take the stairs, right? Yeah. Doesn't John Maxwell say that as well? Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that runs on its own now. So we have so, someone that runs that company. I'm completely out of it now. And the only thing I do is collect the, w, the, uh, the, the, the K1. Right? Oh, darn. That, that should be everyone's goal, in my opinion, is how many K1s can you collect? How many K1s? How many K1s can you collect? Now, your accountant might not like that. Though at the end of the day, that's kind of cool when you can collect 10, 15, 20 K1s because you're involved in that many businesses. So is is that better than like how many TikTok reels you can get that everybody wants to like, click like? (laughs) Depends on if it's making you money. Yeah. Yeah. So so then now it's full on immersion into the ILAP coaching company. So we have built that big, fast and strong. We have what's called the real coaching blueprint. And that is how do you make six figures a year? in your coaching business in 90 days by only working five hours a week. So we can coach you up in four weeks. We call our intensive. Uh, We have one getting ready to start February 7th. And it might be my last one that I run because I usually run all of these, but now we have other coaches that are able to run these. It's 90 minutes a week for four weeks. And what we do is we literally give you the blueprint on how to make 13,500 in a month by coaching five hours a week. Okay, so I'm going to get transparent 
get to the gut of that real fast. <laughs> how many coaches do you have and how many are, are succeeding? So it's kind of, that's a great question because I changed my model from last year to now this year because I had a roster of nearly 100 coaches, Ugh. 100 coaches, and only about 30% of them were in production. So that's like the... That's like your bottom line, right? We just talked about, you know, the top number, the middle number, and the bottom number. That's right. We had that whole discussion. But that's your bottom number, right? Instead of your NOI, it's how many are actually producing, right? Because the coach is really your client. Well, and, and this was this is a this is a uh, a neat milestone mm-hmm. is though I've changed my model. So it used to be I, I took the brokerage model, which it was a split and a cap, and I put the word coach in instead of agent and that's how it worked yeah what i realized though was i didn't like having that big of a roster with that many people that were not in production it actually kind of hurt my feelings because i'd, I'd done that before in the real estate space i thought well gosh i can't sleep at night knowing that that 70 of my roster is not living up to their own expectations and that is impacting other people through coaching and so now I've changed it to a full-on subscription. So if you're in our ecosystem right now, now you're paying a subscription. And if you choose to be in our community, that's fantastic. We will help you get to six figures in 90 days. Though you're just now paying a subscription. No more splits. You pay a monthly subscription and we go. So now now we're rocking and rolling. But the, but the point I was making was my cost of sales last year was over a million dollars. Congratulations. Yeah, it was over a million dollars. So, But that that's cost of sales. So that means I'm paying out the coaches over a million dollars and I was celebrating. That. Say that again. You were celebrating paying out the coaches yes. over a million dollars. Because the, 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 amazing. those 30%, those coaches were crushing it, right? They were impacting lives. And so if we go back to our vision statement to empower coaches to change and serve 100 million people through our real coaching blueprint. And I don't know how we're going to get to 100 million but i can tell you this that little pebble that goes in the water that has those ripple, ripple effects there it is right so all those lives so i happily paid out a million dollars last year to those coaches because they had such an impact and you as we have our whole life planning someone at the end of the year i mean you experienced that room yeah and you've been now i believe to three of them that's right and you've seen the growth that has come through each one of those with well the first year it was like in a, a room and you you knew everybody and you could talk to everyone and the second year it was twice the size. And then this year, it was like five times the size. And that's kind of how things happen, right? It's you see the tiny impact. And that's where most people get most frustrated. It's the long game in every any successful business. It's the long game. You've got to put the work in and, and do step one to get to step two to right. get to step three instead of just trying to get to step 10. I'm really good at, right? I just want to jump all those steps. We all do. <laughs> but it was powerful. And you almost weren't going to do that. That's right. I almost was not going to do it simply because I really wanted to put all my attention and focus into coaches, right? Into, into the coaches, though we coach to the whole person, which means, sure, I can coach you in real estate, but there's a whole Malia to it, right? There's a whole Malia to that coaching. And so we coach to health, wealth, relationships, and fitness. We coach to all of that as it relates to the human, not just the vertical that they're in. And so I wanted to coach the coaches, but then I realized that the impact we were having on so many people in the room, you'll appreciate this, which is leading us into our next uh, topic here, our next venture. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about it. So 2000, let's see, we just said 2023, 2021, we had one couple in attendance at the I Love Coaching Whole Life Planning Summit. 
2002, I think we had like a dozen. 2023, we had almost three dozen couples at this event, which was incredible to see because now both whoever significant others are growing together. Well, and that's how it has to be. If you're not if you're not growing together, you're eventually going to grow apart. And as much as you might not want that to happen, it's it's inevitable if you're not growing together and sharing the same vision and dreams. That's right. So mm-hmm. so we're now Dana and I are going to launch what we are going to call our couplepreneurs, either course or ecosystem. We haven't quite defined what specifically we're going to do, but we have worked in the entrepreneurial space for quite some time now together and we we thrive together right we thrive in in our own unique verticals though it's so fun to be able to come home and not only talk relationships talk business talk right. P&Ls talk uh vision and and so when we were in Philadelphia just this past week speaking between John Maxwell and Diana Kokoska that's a that's a great sandwich right there <laughs> opened up to the room how many people would be interested in a couplepreneur's environment. It doesn't mean you have to be with your couple or your significant other to be a part of this, though. I mean, if anything, maybe maybe y'all could get together so that you can you can grow a little bit more together if, if one of you are not in a growth mind. And we captured nearly 25% of the room with a QR code up for literally probably 60 seconds. And so we're so excited about this. That's amazing. I'm so excited for you guys. It's It's been so much fun to watch and just be on like the outskirts of all of uh, what you are doing and participate in all of those things. So looking back, what was your biggest challenge? And would you change anything about it? So I don't know if I'd call it a challenge, right? I'd, I'd call it more of an opportunity because your opportunity is something that you can actually control and change. And if I would go back and talk to 25-year-old Adam, I would say, go get bigger who's, right? Go surround yourself with different, bigger thinkers. Go surround yourself with, with people that are speaking way above your head and get your ego out of the way, right? Do not go into the room and say, I'm the smartest guy or I'm the best dressed or I know the most. You know, if, if, that's, if that's what you're doing, that's okay. Just stop. Just stop it right now. So Adam Roach, two 25-year-old, go find bigger, better who's. Now, I'll tell you, I had some great who's in my life in my 20s, and and I I uh, egotistically did not engage. Well, and I, I look at 25-year-olds right now, and a lot of them are at home, right? COVID kind of put a little bit of a damper, but I think they got comfortable hiding behind a screen sure. or hiding behind the social media aspect. How do we get people out to find those who's? What advice would you give somebody to go find the who's? So my my father used to always teach me that, and they could probably even do this virtually yeah. though. They, if you're going to a conference or if you're going to a speaking engagement or whatever it is, you better sit in the front of the room, first of all. Second of all, you better be taking notes. And third of all, if you find someone that's on a panel or someone that's speaking, you better have the courage to go up and introduce yourself. And I've done that countless times to be able to open up quite a few doors that have really helped me out simply by just saying, hi, my name's Adam Roach. And that's that's how the whole, that's the script. You want the script for building a high net worth lifestyle? Just use that one. Hi. Enter your name. I hope my boys are listening to this. They will listen to this. I'm going to force them to um, because all three of those things I say to them, not because I knew that's what you were going to say. It was just kind of how I was taught. If you want to be heard, 
you have to use your mouth. Exactly. And you have to be seen and you have to tell people who you are. So I'll give you a great example of that now, even in my in my late 40s, is I was reading a book called Buy Back Your Time last year. And I read through this book and I just absolutely loved this book. First of all, I'm a very time-oriented person. So if a title has something that has to do with time, I'm going to read it. And then I told all my coaches to read it. And then I told all the coaches, we're going to do a book club on this because it was so impactful. Then I thought, wow, this is such a good book. Even though my dad is gone, I'm still going to take his advice. And even though this is not an event, it's a it's a book, I'm going to reach out to the author. So I reached out to the author and via DM on Instagram and said, hey, just want to say thank you. Your book was very transformative. My name is Adam Roach. And what can I do to earn the opportunity to have a conversation with you? Here's my cell phone. And within a couple of days, I got a DM back and just started having a conversation. Now, I didn't know if this was Dan Martell or not, but I was going to engage. And then he said, can I call you? Sure enough, he called. And we sat there and we had a conversation. Next thing you know, we get into a coaching relationship. So he's been coaching me since April of last year. Amazing. Simply because I stepped out and said, hi, my name. Is he coming to the conference? Uh, so he couldn't come last year. He might be coming this year. Yeah. yeah. Well, John Maxwell came to the conference last year and I was just so privileged to sit in that room with him and have that private time. That was amazing. Any regrets? Nope. No regrets. I mean, the, the only regret I could have would be this. When we decided to leave the West Coast coming to the East Coast. So in the tennis world, I used to teach this class every Wednesday from 9 to 11. It was called the seniors class. And these were the seniors in Beverly Hills that just, I, and I taught them for 10 years. We only lost two in that time frame. Just love these people. And they love me back. Blue hairs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I think our oldest in the class was 87 years old. That's amazing. And so these were old school Beverly Hills, like old school Beverly Hills. Now, this isn't a regret, and this is actually a very selfish statement. But I didn't get to sell any of their houses. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to buy any other houses no, to, to help build up something bigger, better. But again, if, if I had a regret, it was that black book that in that database book that I had built there, I did not get to maximize on the West Coast. So it's interesting that you said that because everyone that has been on Just Ask Malia, mm-hmm. I've asked that question, do you have any regrets? And some of them are painful stories and had some real challenges to get over. Everybody has said the challenge became an opportunity, mm-hmm. and every one of them said they had no regrets. If it doesn't kill you, if it does, <laughs> you're that's okay. right. That's that's what my mama used to. Yeah, if it doesn't kill, kill you, you're going to be just, just fine. fine. That's right. And and my dad would always say, and "This is what I, I even said this uh, in his eulogy when I was when he was speaking at his his funeral," and. And he used to always say this to me, whether we, when I was a 10-year-old kid, we were shooting baskets in the, in, the, uh, in the driveway or I was playing a professional tennis match, I'd get off. And whether I won or lost, and he'd say, Adam, you did good. You did really good, kid. He'd say, not bad for an amateur. You know, he would never call me a professional. He would always call me an amateur <laughs> or something. He said, and this is why he would say that. He would say, because a professional knows everything. And no one's ever truly going to be professional as it relates to knowing everything. So I'm going to call you an amateur because you're always going to be learning. Well, and like you, high drivers, successful people, they never have a finish line. True. Right? Every time we get close to the goal or get get to that, you know, milestone that we wanted to reach, we change the goal. So that's so true that I guess we're all amateurs in the world of success. Yeah, that's very true. Now, now again, and last thing I'll say about my father, there's never such, there's never such a thing, and I got scolded on this at an early age. 
of a former Olympian. You're either an Olympian or you're not. So even if the Olympics have passed, you're still an Olympian. Never a former Olympian. Oh. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't either. That's a great little tip out there, yeah, right? Especially with the Olympics coming up this summer. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the family. I want to give a little, like, shout out to them. Mm-hmm. You have two amazing kids. Yes. You have your wife, Dana. Yes. Tell me, and your dogs are always, you know, oh, yeah. in there. Tell me, tell me the best, well, tell me the best word of advice to parents out there. There's a book that I read on a daily basis, like a like a daily parent book, like a daily father book. Ryan Holiday, I believe, wrote it, and I love reading that book. And I've been reading it now for two years. The same, it's it's a daily reader, so every day is, is piece of advice or focus. I love being a dad. I absolutely love being a dad, simply because it, it, the experiences you get to create for your kids are that's up to you. Right. And I love being able to control the experiences that my kids get to experience. I'll give an example. I don't know if you, your, your listeners uh, know who Ed Milet is. So I was in an event one time. So Ed Milet is one of the top five coaches in the world. The number one podcast. Yeah. And he's on Growth Day and yep. is with Brendan Bouchard, who's drum our partner. So yeah, we love him. So he was speaking at an event, an Argo Abundance event. And of course, I was sitting in the front row. And of course, I got to raise my hand and, and talk and ask him a question. Imagine. And um, and at the end, we always, if there is a high caliber speaker, we will, uh, they will do an, an auction to uh, spend time with the individual. And so my paddle was not going to come down. I didn't care how much it was going to cost. I was going to spend time with it in my lip. So there was four of us that won that time. And now it's COVID. So that was 2019, 2020 comes and we couldn't do it in person. We were all supposed to fly to Florida to go hang out with him at his house. Yeah. And that didn't get to happen, so we did it on Zoom. And so we had about 90 minutes with him. And the whole time we're having this conversation, uh, I had my son, Addison, sitting in this chair next to me. It wasn't on screen, was was sitting next to me. And it came time for Q&A. And I was like, buddy, you're going to ask him a question. And he's like, no, Dad, what am I going to ask him? I was like, I don't know, but you're going to get over here and ask him a question. And so sure enough, I went ahead and raised my virtual hand, and, and I grabbed Addison, and no prompting of mine, and he stands up, let's see, this would have been four years ago, so he would have been 11. Oh, wow. And he says, uh, Mr. Milet, who is the biggest influence in your life at my age, at the age of 11? And I thought, wow, that was a great question. That's a great question. And Ed's, Ed's reply was, Addison, I'm on, I'm on a call with millionaires, and you asked the best question. And, he's, and, Ed's, and Ed's reply was, my father, right, my father. And this is what Ed said at that time, which is why I love being a dad. He said, we realize as fathers, it's what's taught, not taught. So the catching of whatever it is we are doing is what is impacting our kids. And that's what I love to do. And then, you know, from this past summit, I'm now up on stage with John Maxwell and he had just finished and we opened the room up. Do you remember? Yeah. And your son comes up and asks the first question. So I'm up on stage and I'm holding the microphone in my hand as John and I up on stage and, and I'm looking at the microphone. And I'm kind of panicked because no one's lining up to ask him a question. I'm thinking, why is no one getting ready to ask John Maxwell a question? And I see out of the corner of my eye, I see Addison over at the at the water. And I think, hey, he's just getting a cup of water. And I turn around and look at John and I turn back around. And now Addison's at the microphone. And I about had Niagara Falls coming down crying because here he is asking a guy in front of 200 plus people, uh, a world famous guy, but a very composed question. It was so cool. So 
A great testament to you, though. Yeah, it's it's setting the kids up for success through experience is why I love being a dad. Yeah, and and I love being a mom. It, it truly is the best mm-hmm. job. It's the hardest job mm-hmm. just because there's emotions and did I do it right and should I have done it better? And we beat ourselves up over and over mm-hmm. again. And I remember the boys growing up and just, you know, I I believed my job was to raise a fine gentleman and a compassionate leader for the world. And I saw so many of my friends wanting to be the best friend to their kids. And and there was a lot of division between the moms because I always told the kids, I don't care if you like me and I don't care if you like the decisions that your dad and I are making, but my job was given to me by God and I'm to raise you to be a fine gentleman and a compassionate leader for the world. And I only have to answer to God. That's right. <laughs> so when you turn 18, if you don't like it, you can leave. And they're still here. That's right. And yeah. amazing. They're amazing young men that teach me so much now that they're young adults. And I'm just fascinated and completely honored that I got a job to be their mom, which I think you are too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. So anyone out there that's thinking about it, one, you're never going to have enough money to raise, to have a kid. So just dive in and... And you figure it out as you go, but you'll never regret, never regret being called mom or dad. Yeah, it's a passion. We they're, they're they're on their way to be professional tennis players. They both go to a tennis academy in Charleston. I get to drop them off at 7 a.m., pick them up at 6.30 every night, and they play, I don't know how many hours of tennis. They go to school for three hours somewhere in there, and then they do tennis. And every just about every weekend, we are on the road traveling to a tennis tournament somewhere in this country. I love it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to see you with a uh, professional tennis player, and you're going to see me with a professional baseball player. Perfect. Perfect. Love it. We'll, we'll exchange seats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Dana's absolutely amazing. She's truly my equal. We have such a great time and a great relationship together. You guys balance each other so well. It's it's just so much fun to watch. I think there's like a lot of uh, couple envy going on. <laughs> okay, so folks out there, Adam has an amazing business. The story is just one of grit and success, challenges, failures, but never giving up and always like pushing the bar for not only yourself, but everybody around you. I don't know if you have that realize the impact that you have on people, but when when you speak, people listen and they want to be in the room with you, right? Yeah, we have a good time doing it. I'll tell yeah, you that. Yeah, we sure do. And, and, and you know what? I do believe in our, our real approach to life also, relevant, experiential, authentic, and, and leading, right? Truly just staying in an authentic space. So if anybody wants to get in touch with Adam, what's the best way to do it? Uh, so they can follow me on Instagram. It's just Adam R. Roach. And they want to email me. It's adam at ilovecoachingco.com. And if they want to check out I Love Coaching, just go to ilovecoachingco.com and check us out. You'll be prompted to put in your email address if you want our blueprint. We'll send you a blueprint right on over. And it's how to do what we do in 90 days. We give that away for free. Well, you give value so that people know the value that you offer instead of just preaching about it. That's right. Yep. 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 So if they want to become a coach and how to become a coach and how to be a six-figure coach by working five hours a week, go to ilovecoachingco.com and put in your email address and the PDF will be sent right over to you. And on a personal level, it's worth all of it. He's amazing to follow. You also have the I Love Coaching Summit that's coming back up in November. That's right. So it, that will be on the website as well for anyone that's interested. And it's, it's so much fun. I always gain so many golden nuggets out of you. I hope everybody else did. It's always a pleasure. I'm so glad you're in Lexington and you brought the good weather with you. Thank you for that. 
<laughs> no more cold weather for my bald head. But I, what I want to do something for you and for oh. your listeners. Okay, great. I'm going to build a. Um, you can it can be your name or it can be a uh, the podcast name. What just you hashtag want. just ask Malia. Okay, but I want to do it for the summit. So anybody that wants to register for the summit or through you, we'll give them fifty percent off. Oh, amazing! Yeah, we'll give them fifty percent off. So. I guess we'll put that in the notes, whatever yeah. we decide. To and we'll, we'll put that on all the prompts and posts yeah, when we do that. That'll program. be October, I think it's 23rd and 24th or 24th and 25th, whatever the last Thursday, Friday is there in October. It's in Charleston. And again, we're going to have some incredible whole life speakers and leading the way or ending the way, whichever way you want to look at, it, it'll be John Maxwell. Amazing. Yep. Thank you for doing that. What a great, great deal. Everybody take advantage of that. I will be there so we can have lots of fun in Charleston. We will. Maybe we can do a little good trouble. Yes, for sure. <laughs> well, everybody, thank you so much for checking in at the Just Ask Malia podcast. And we hope that you got some value out of Adam Roach. And we will have all that information for him. And remember, when you're ready to buy, sell, build, or invest, Just Ask Malia. Thank you. Well, that wraps up another great podcast. Thank you so much for joining us at the Just Ask Malia podcast series. It's always a pleasure to help the local and future residents of Kentucky make smart real estate decisions. And we love connecting you to our community. And that's why we do this. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast series. Make sure your friends and family know all about it. Tag, like us, find us on Facebook, social media. And remember, when you're ready to buy, sell, build, or invest, I'm your girl, Just Us Malia.